You're listening to the Let's Talk Bible podcast, a Bible study podcast for kids and parents. We're your hosts, Will, Charlotte, and Chase, but we call him Dad. Dad'll work too. Each week, we're talking about the world of the Bible, along with interesting facts, history, and words to help you better understand what you read. The Bible doesn't have to be confusing. It actually makes a lot of sense. Sometimes you just need to talk it through. We hope our conversations help your family have some better conversations, too. Conversations are always good. We hope it helps us all know Jesus better and learn to follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let's talk Bible. Well, welcome back to the Let's Talk Bible podcast. We're picking back up where we left off last week, and we've been in a series of stories that are known as the four controversies. Do you know what the word controversies mean? No. A controversy is a challenge or a question or a problem. Jesus is doing or teaching things that are causing people to be offended or upset or to disagree. And so we're going to get, we're going to look at two of those stories today. We're going to read two of them together because they're similar and it'll be the end of those four. But do you remember who it is that's been opposing Jesus? Who's been having challenges with Jesus and the stories that we've been reading where this controversy is coming from? The Pharisees. You've got it, Charlotte. It's been the Pharisees. And guess what? The Pharisees show back up in our story today and have another problem with what Jesus is doing and teaching. So we'll get into it, but let's get mom in to read our passage of the week. Let's go, Mom. Luke chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus was going through the grain fields on a Sabbath, and his disciples picked some heads of wheat, rubbed them in their hands, and ate them. But some of the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is against the law on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? How he entered the house of God, took and ate the sacred bread, which is not lawful for any to eat, but the priests alone, and gave it to his companions. Then he said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching. Now a man was there, whose right hand was withered. The experts in the law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they could find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man who had the withered hand, Get up and stand here. So he rose and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or do evil, to save the life or destroy it? After looking around at them all, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. The man did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with mindless rage and began debating with one another what they would do with Jesus. Thanks, Mom. Well, what did you guys find interesting about those two stories that we read today? It's cool that in the second story that Jesus could know what the Pharisees were thinking. That's actually becoming a theme in Luke's gospel, that Jesus perceives, he sees and understands what is in people's minds and in their hearts, even without them saying it, just like Jesus understands what's in our heart as well, too. Yeah, good observation. Charlotte, anything you saw or questions you have? It was cool how he reached out his arm and he and he healed his arm. Yeah, it's a great part of the story, isn't it? The man came in and his hand was deformed. It was withered. He couldn't use his hand and Jesus healed him so that he could use his hand again. Well, at the center of both of these stories is a particular day. And this is the issue the Pharisees have. Do you remember what day it was when Jesus was doing this miracle when his disciples were eating in the field? It was the Sabbath. 
It was the Sabbath. So I thought maybe a good thing for today would be to do an important person, place, or thing and talk a little bit more about the Sabbath. It's an important person, place, or thing. We've uncovered a person, place, or thing that's important for you to learn more about. Today's important thing is the Sabbath. Well, what do you guys know about the Sabbath? Let's start there. It's on a Saturday. That's right. In the Bible, the Jews celebrated the Sabbath as the last day of the week, which for them was Saturday. Now, Christians normally think of the Sabbath the day you go to church on Sundays. That's probably because we believe Jesus was resurrected on a Sunday, and so the church began to meet after Jesus' resurrection on Sundays. But the Sabbath for a long time was celebrated on a Saturday. It was the final day of the week. And where does the Sabbath come from? What What do you do on a Sabbath? You, like, go to this, like, church and you, like, praise God. That's good. That's a lot of how we celebrate. And it is true on Sabbaths, many Jews go to the synagogue to worship. But there was a specific Old Testament law that said that the Sabbath was holy. Do you remember where it says that we're to keep the Sabbath holy? Let me give you a hint. It's an important commandment. In Exodus, um, the ten, one of the Ten Commandments, keep the Sabbath day holy. You're exactly right. One of the Ten Commandments said that Israel was supposed to keep the Sabbath day holy. And what that meant was they were allowed to work six days a week, but on the seventh day, they were supposed to rest. They weren't supposed to do work. There's actually a few places in the Old Testament where it talks about how they were supposed to spend the Sabbath. They weren't supposed to light fires. So they weren't supposed to cook, or they weren't supposed to do work, they weren't supposed to work like they did when they were slaves in Egypt, it says. And it also says that violating the Sabbath was punishable by death. So this was a pretty serious commandment. God really wanted his people to not work on the Sabbath. He also told them that their possession of the land, that their living in the land on their own, was dependent on things like them keeping the Sabbath. That if they would keep the Sabbath, then he would keep them and bless them in the land. But the temptation was people wanted to work, people wanted to do what their neighbors around them did, and so they would often violate the Sabbath. They would stop keeping the Sabbath holy and resting on the Sabbath day so that they could be like their neighbors. And so by the time that Jesus comes, there was a lot of questions about what it meant to keep the Sabbath. Now, as I was going through and mentioning those Old Testament verses, if I told you, Will, tomorrow is going to be the Sabbath, I want you to do no work. What does that mean to not work? Do you have some ideas? It means to not do anything. Charlotte, do you have ideas about what it would mean to not work? Just like sit in your spot and like do stuff like sit in your spot or like knit and have fun at home. If I told you that keeping the Sabbath was punishable by death if you violated it and being free in your country, not being invaded by your enemies was dependent on keeping the Sabbath, you would think this is a pretty important rule. But then you were left to figure out what it meant to keep the Sabbath holy. Did it mean you could only sit in the chair and you couldn't go anywhere? Did it mean you couldn't build a fire in the fireplace? Did it mean you couldn't cook food? Or let me ask you a question. What if somebody was sick? Could you take them to the doctor on the Sabbath? And could the doctor work and help them on the Sabbath? There's a lot of questions that came up, aren't there? So what started happening is the teachers around the time of Jesus and before began to set a bunch of rules and laws, what they called tradition on how they defined work. 
what was allowed on the Sabbath and what wasn't allowed on the Sabbath. And they had some good rules, like it was permissible, it was allowed to save someone's life on the Sabbath. But one of the questions that comes up here is when Jesus heals this man, the teachers of Jesus' day had decided on their own, not because it was in the Bible, but on their own, that if you could heal somebody another day, and it wouldn't cause any problems, their life wasn't in danger, then you should wait and heal them on a non-Sabbath day. This is one of the things they get upset with Jesus about. He's healing on the Sabbath, when really that man with his withered hand, they said, could not have waited till tomorrow. And the other thing they get upset with Jesus about is how his disciples are plucking grain from the fields as they're walking and rolling it open in their hands and eating it. And they look at that, even though it's a few, just a few grains, and they say, well, you're harvesting those grains, and you're processing those grains, and you're discarding the shells from the grains. That's technically work. That's like farming. And so Jesus' disciples and Jesus himself were violating not the law about the Sabbath. What he was violating was their rules, their traditions that had built up around the Sabbath. And this becomes the central question for Jesus and the Pharisees. What does it mean to keep the Sabbath holy? And has Jesus violated the Sabbath? That's a pretty good question, don't you think? Yeah, it really is. Well, let's talk through our story a little bit, and uh, hopefully we can show you how Jesus answered that question. Jesus was certainly one who believed in keeping the Sabbath. One of the things Jesus often did was talked about how important it was to obey the law. We're coming up on a really important part of Luke's gospel where Jesus is going to give the Sermon on the Mount, and he's going to talk about how the law should be kept not only in your actions, but even in your heart. So we know that Jesus wasn't against the Sabbath. He believed in keeping the Sabbath holy. But Jesus also recognized that there were certain things that were important to be done and important enough that they were worth doing on the Sabbath. And one of the things Jesus does in this story is he tells another Old Testament story. Do you remember the Old Testament story that Jesus told here? He said when David and his companions, when they were fleeing, they went to a place and they got the food that was reserved for the priest. Good. You remember that well. It's from the book of 1 Samuel. And David was fleeing because Saul was trying to kill him. But David had been anointed to be the next king by Samuel, the prophet. And David and his men had no food, no weapons, and they came to where the priest was in Nob. And he had the showbread, which is the bread that was made for a sacrifice that only the priests were allowed to eat. That was written in the law. But the priest actually gave that bread to David and his companions so that it might save their lives. It might give them something to eat and they wouldn't starve because the priest knew that God was at work in David's life and persevering him to become the next king. So Jesus raises this story and says, see, the law has some times where it's superseded by what God is doing to save a life. And Jesus makes the connection that he, like David, has been sent on a mission from God that he, like David, has come, and he uses an interesting phrase. He says, he is the son of man who is Lord of the Sabbath. Now, I think we need to do a little work on understanding what Jesus is saying here, because that's a hard saying. The idea of son of man, what does that make you think of? The son of some person? Yeah, the son of man. It's actually Jesus, again, quoting from the Old Testament. Now, this is an interesting point. Every time Jesus gets into one of these conversations, Jesus doesn't just say, well, here's what I think, or here's what I feel. Jesus always goes back to scripture and quotes scripture to make his point. 
So I like to say, if you want to be like Jesus, if you want to follow Jesus and be like him, well, it's probably good to learn the Old Testament and the scriptures, because that's often what Jesus said when he was trying to explain who he was. The Son of Man comes from a prophecy in the book of Daniel, in which Daniel saw the throne room of heaven, and he saw God seated on his throne amongst the clouds and the angels. And then he says that he saw one like the Son of Man, one who appeared to be like a human, who was coming before God on his throne. And God gave this Son of Man all of his power and authority to rule over all of creation. So in Daniel's vision, this Son of Man is the one who God has trusted to make decisions and to rule and to judge things. Well, Jesus says that he is that Son of Man that God has given him the authority and the power to come. And what does that authority and power mean? How is he Lord over the Sabbath? Well, Jesus, as God's son, has the ability to discern the purpose, the meaning of the Sabbath, and the rules and the laws about the Sabbath. The point Jesus was trying to make to the Pharisees was because of who he is, they should be asking him questions about the Sabbath. They should be asking him to explain the meaning of the Sabbath. But instead, they were judging Jesus because he violated their own rules and traditions about the Sabbath. The same thing happens when Jesus heals this man with the withered hand. Jesus asks them a question. Is it better to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil on the Sabbath? Well, the point Jesus was making is, I think, a really important one. The point is, God gave us the Sabbath for our good. When we think about what God asks us to do and the things he asks us to live by, the rules that he gives us, it's sometimes easy to think that those rules are just meant to keep us from things. God's just giving us rules to see if we'll follow them or not. Do you ever feel like your mom and dad sometimes just makes up rules that you don't understand or don't seem fair? Does that ever happen? Yeah, sometimes. Well, that can happen with God too. We can read God's rules, things like the Sabbath, and say, well, that's not what I want to do, or I don't understand that. I don't think that's fair. What Jesus was trying to say was, God has given us these commandments so that good could become by them. He's given us Sabbath because Sabbath is a gift that means we don't have to work all the time. And even his rules that sometimes we don't understand, God has given them to us so that they will help us grow and they will help us live well and they'll help things go well in our lives. We obey him not just because he tells us to, just like we don't obey our parents just because they tell us to. We trust them. And we trust that they have good ideas and good reasons, even when sometimes we don't understand them. This is Jesus's point to the Pharisees. You should be asking me to explain these things to you, because I'm the son of man who has the authority from God. And I see that it's better to do good, to heal this man on the Sabbath, because the Sabbath itself was meant to be a gift to us and something good. It's a little complicated, isn't it, what Jesus is teaching? And it's okay if it feels complicated to you, because the truth is, the Pharisees were struggling to understand it, and Jesus' own disciples were struggling to understand it. A lot of people heard Jesus' teaching and went away somewhat confused, because a lot of times what Jesus is teaching takes time. We have to think about it, and return to it, and ask questions about it, and reread the passage, because Jesus is trying to teach something to us that doesn't always come naturally to us. Any thoughts or questions about that? It's really cool how Jesus uses the Pharisees' own laws that they made up against the Pharisees. That's right. The Pharisees thought that they were the most serious people about the Bible. But Jesus actually quoted from the Bible to show them they were missing the point. So here's the two things I think you should take away from this passage. Number one, God's rules, like the Sabbath, are given to us for good. 
They're a gift from God because he wants us to live well. And number two, the right way to understand God's rules is to listen to Jesus and how he explains them and teaches them to us. He's the son of man who's Lord of the Sabbath. He's the one who explains these laws to us. So we listen to how Jesus tells us we should live, and we trust that Jesus knows best how we should live, and his rules are a gift to us so that it might go well with us. Well, I've got a Greek word, and we're going to actually add a word to a word we've already learned before, so you'll learn a whole phrase in Greek. Won't that be fun? Let's get into our Greek word of the week. Each week, we're learning a new word from the original languages of the Bible. You might not know it, but the Bible was originally written in Hebrew and Greek. And a little and Aramaic. And a little Aramaic, that's right also. Each week, we'll teach you an important word from these original languages, so you can better understand the important themes of the Bible. So, let's learn our word of the week. All right, well, we learned a word a few weeks ago in Greek for man or human. The word we learned in Greek was anthropos. Do you remember that word? Can you say it again? Anthropos. 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 We actually talked about how our English word anthropology comes from it, the study of humanity or the study of a man, anthropos. Well, we just talked about Jesus giving himself the title, the son of man. So we know the word man, anthropos. So let's learn the Greek word for son, and then we can say son of man. So can you say the word huios? Huios. 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 Good, Charlotte. You kind of had a little bit of that H sound at the beginning. Huios. That was perfect. Huios. Huios. Good. Huios means son. So if we put those two words together, and we have to change them just a little bit to make it work as a sentence, but you're going to hear the same two words. We would say it this way. Ha huios to anthropu. Ha huios to anthropu. Ha huios to anthropu. Ha huios to anthropu. Congratulations. You said your first phrase in Greek, the son of man. Ha huios to anthropu. We learned a whole phrase in Greek. Congratulations. Hooray! That's really cool. Well, I think we've covered a lot for today. We've talked about what Sabbath was and the rules and traditions that had built up around it and how Jesus was the son of man who could explain the Sabbath and his law, who fulfilled the law. And we've also seen the way that oftentimes the traditions of the Pharisees would make things more complicated than it was supposed to be, that these laws, the Sabbath was supposed to be a gift to us, that God's commandments and rules are a gift that we can trust, and we should trust Jesus to help us understand them. But do you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap up in prayer? Maybe takeaways that you have from our conversation today? Jesus gave the Sabbath as a blessing and not a curse. I think that's exactly right. I think one of the things you could take away from today's passage is that all of God's rules are meant to be a blessing, a gift to us. The Sabbath meant that we didn't have to work desperate like all of the people around us, but we can trust God, and we can trust all of God's commands and rules. Even when the world may see things completely differently, we trust that God has given us these things as good in our lives. Charlotte, any final thoughts before we pray? Sometimes when you're like, really like don't know like you're worried about something else you should just stop and say okay i'm gonna pray 
That's good. What That's a good practice for even when we're having these conversations. If we're reading something in the Bible and perhaps something seems confusing to us or hard to understand, we should pray and ask Jesus by his Spirit to help us understand, to give us wisdom, to understand what he is doing and teaching and how it's a gift to us. So I think that's a great idea, Charlotte. Well, why don't we make that our prayer as we close out today's conversation? Heavenly Father, we want to do those two things that we talked about. We want to recognize how you have given us so many gifts, that even your rules and the ways that you've asked us to live in this world, God, they're really gifts to us, that we might understand your wisdom, that we might live good lives and receive all of your gifts and blessing. And we also want to come to you whenever we find ourselves confused by those things, to trust that you are the, the Son of Man, who is Lord of the Sabbath, Lord over the law, that you fulfill it and explain it and help us understand And we're grateful that we don't have to come to you having already proven ourselves. But when we have questions or uncertainties or confused about a passage we're reading, that we can come to you as our teacher and you will teach us and guide us in these things. So as we prepare ourselves to come to this next section in Luke, the Sermon on the Mount, where you talk about how you want us to live in the world, we just pray you would do that for us. Teach us, be the Son of Man, Lord of the Sabbath for us, and help us understand how all of these rules that you give us, the way that you want us to live as your followers, are a gift for our lives. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 We have this little tradition in our house of offering a blessing before the kids go to school each day. In the book of Numbers, Aaron is given a blessing in which he puts God's name over his people. And we would like to offer you that blessing as we do each morning as well, too. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance to you and give you peace. And lots of peas to eat for lunch. Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk Bible podcast. You can find notes for today's show by going to letstalkbible.kids. There you'll find this week's scripture, family discussion questions, and the word of the week. You can also send us a message, maybe a question you have about the Bible. Parents, there's also a sermon for each of our episodes to help you dig deeper into the week's passage. We hope our conversations inspire your family for some conversations of your own. Thanks for listening.